Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar. You, me, Tim Roger, my co-host Charlie. Charlie, two weeks away now. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, good. Back, back home. Thank goodness. Uh, so had a week away with work and a week on holiday, and uh, yeah, back to back to my home and. Um, all good. Been uh, crunching through the draft film as best I can. So I think I'm up to about 75 players that I've watched film on now. And yeah, I want to try and get up to about nice. 110 in the next uh, week or so. Um, feel like I always feel like I'm a bit behind, you know? <laughs> I always feel like I wish I was further ahead yeah. than I am. There's always some positional groups. You think, oh, I want to go deeper into that one and, and look at those sort of later round options yeah. in that one. But no, I'm really getting a good feel for it now and um, excited. It's not, not too far away now, is it? No, it isn't. And I think that a lot of you know, people that follow the draft, uh, even like the draft analysts that do this full time, you know, they said job to do this. They always feel like they're, they're scrambling a little bit this time of year because obviously they've got a good baseline of all the prospects. They've watched them all uh, pretty much. But there's, you know, secondary film based on combine and pro days and stuff. And, oh, did you see, you know, that trait from that player? Go back, watch film. Like these analysts probably watch film four or five times over. So I think for us, like, I look at it as if I get to a solid, you know, uh, 100 prospects, uh, so that fill up uh, round one, two and three. If I can kind of get that amount of players, so nearly half a draft, I'm quite satisfied with that because obviously not all of those players are going to go to top three rounds, but at least you've got, you know, nearly half a draft in your back pocket that you know that, you know, you're going to find someone in round five that you're going to watch and you're going to know about, you're going to be familiar with. It's just nice to see those kind of names like, oh, you know, they've selected this random, you know, Division Two guard and, you know, you might not watch the film for that guy, but at least you're aware. Like, it's not just the film that we're watching. Like, I know you're the same as me. Like, I've been watching and listening to as much content as I can get. Like, if I'm able to do any jobs away from the kids, I'll put <laughs> plug in some type of podcast or I'll watch YouTube videos, watch a film like... I feel like the draft stuff outside of work and my home life, like that is my life outside of that like, when I do have downtime. This is what I do for like and yeah. a good three months. No, I'm the same. I'm the same. I mean, I've got solid. podcast after podcast after podcast queued up for any time. That I, yeah. uh, you know, last couple of days I spent in Manchester, so I drove up and down yeah, and yeah. You know, probably listened to, you know, four or five hours worth of, of draft content. And I think that um, I'm personally very interested in the, in the whole the whole NFL, not necessarily like who yeah. know, the Patriots pick in the fifth round, but in terms of round one no. and, and what organizations doing, yeah. where these quarterbacks are going. And you know, I'm not scouting quarterbacks. I'm not looking deep into Will Levis, for example, but I am interested in what, you know, who picks him and why they pick him. And Anthony Richardson's a wild card. I'm interested who that, you know, where that fit might be. And, um, you know, the whole draft is is entertaining and interesting to me. Um, so it's not just a, a Buffalo Bills thing. It's also a, a you know, let's, let's see how this is going to play out. How's it going to change the NFL? Um, you know, who would have known that at a certain point that Josh Allen would have had the impact that he had or, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just fantastic for, for me. It, it, I'm almost kind of yeah. wish it was just another two weeks back, you know, back yet. Because, uh, yeah. once we get into deep into May and June and, and the, the, the dog end of uh, of of the, yeah. uh, the the off season, it, it really is you know the, the drag to waiting for for preseason again and training camps and things. But yeah, it, it's a great time of year. I really get hooked into watching player after player after player, and it, it's good fun. Yeah, it's not just also about the pit the players that have been picked, like especially in round one. Like 
I just like it, as you say, from a general NFL perspective, but not just the players and where they're going. It says a lot more about that franchise, about what type of player they're picking, what position, you know, what they actually think of their franchise. Yes. Like if yes. randomly the Falcons trade from trade, trade up from pick number eight to number two uh, or number three, for example, with the Cardinals, that shows that they're all in. They're going to select, you know, their franchise quarterback, you know, the clock starts ticking. Whereas, you know, some of these other teams, you know, it's not just the player. It's just what, what they tell us in that yes. first day, two days about what they think they're of their It's a really good point. Like, because you'll never yeah. get that in press conferences. You, know, <laughs> you, you only get that from a draft. You don't even sometimes really get it in free agency. Like, you do, but it's the truth. I, I just feel it's the biggest indicator of what, yeah, yeah it's, it's the, the truth. truth. It's That's like what the team thinks their needs are. So, you know, if the Bills went and selected a cornerback in round one, they, you've got to think, well, maybe they want to they want to shop one of the guys that we've got, yes. right? It's highly unlikely, yeah. but it tells you something. If they go and draft a tight end in round two, it tells you you're going to be moving towards more 12 personnel. It's, it's, the, it's the truth. It's the one thing they can't lie about. And um, I think I heard it on The Athletic. They said something like, um, yeah. nobody picks a round one you know player just to kind of you know mess with you <laughs> they they're telling you yeah, exactly yeah, what they think it. they're yeah. telling you what they think their need is and so it's the one time we get the truth and um yeah i love it absolutely love it yeah definitely. so we're going to do a pod today on draft strategy and, and where we think the bills are heading into this draft uh, we're going to follow up with this on looking at a deep dive in terms of offense and defense but for now what we want to do is talk about those positions of need how we think brandon beam might handle this draft where we think maybe the sweet spot is for certain players uh, so certain certain uh, certain positions and start to sort of really dig into how this draft might flow and what that might tell us as we as we get deeper into it so um i think what, what we'll do is we'll start off by just going back to our where we think our biggest positions of need are um you know what are our sort of tier one tier two and so on uh players uh sorry positions that we need to fill with players because it has changed through free agency um i think we perhaps would have considered a position group like running back as being more important than than it is now uh given the additions we've made through free agency we would have considered safety to maybe even be around one uh situation before jordan poyer came back so it has it has changed it's not going to change now between you know on the draft i don't think um, so let's revisit that. And, and what we're going to do is we're going through position by position and start to categorize what we think that's a tier one, tier two and uh, tier three and tier four need. And so just to get everybody on the same page, tier one needs, these are you know crucial that we solve those in the draft. Tier two would be that sort of next level down. They may be not be starters this coming year, but perhaps they, they've got a, we've got an eye in the future in terms of preparing for, for those positions. Tier three, nice if you can get them, uh, but certainly not critical. And then tier four would be position groups we really, we don't expect the, the bills to draft certainly not in the first sort of five or six rounds um yeah so yeah let's let's get make a start so i guess the obvious place to start is, is quarterback um <laughs> uh, tim where do you have that as a, as a as a tier need i think we just move on coming say tier, yeah, tier four, four yeah bit. pretty like, obvious maybe if there's a day three guy that they want then fair enough take a swing but like we know what they're going to be and that person that's been drafted knows what they're going to be as well yeah so uh yeah, not neither is expecting a quarterback. Um, yeah. I mean, we did have the Jake from uh, no. situation. Not anything we're expecting to see that again. I hope we're not. <laughs> this is a waste of a draft pick, especially given the other needs we have. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to running back. Uh, where do you have that in your tiers? Yes, yeah, so I've got that in tier three. So clearly, 
I think in terms of bringing Damien Harris, I think that adds a uh, nice compliment piece. I think he'll take the Singletary snaps and he was a million dollars cheaper than Singletary. But I think that there is, uh, you know, clearly that's a one-year contract. James Cook, he's under rookie deal for three more years, but he's a particular type of running back. You know, he's a, uh, you know, a lighter running back, uh, a more athletic, uh, burstier running back. Um, you never know. We could still need a power back. Um, you know, we could potentially draft a power back on day three. Uh, my caveat to this in terms of like round one is if Bijan's there. He's my stance on running back is, you know, if Bijan's at 27, I definitely consider Bijan. Most likely probably would select Bijan just because of the top talent he is. However, if he's off the board, which I expect him to be, then you'd probably wait till at least round three. Uh, which will be a back end of day two or or day three, basically. So that's where I am with it. What about you? Mm. Toyed around with this a lot. Um, I have it as a as a, a tier four need, but simply because I think there are more important needs okay. that, that need to be solved. So I can absolutely go with what you're saying. Yeah. I think if they see a downhill thumper, somebody they think could be a power back uh, late on day three, I could absolutely imagine them doing that. Um, you know, Harris is like, he's obviously not on a, a lengthy contract, so they might be looking to the future. And if they see no. a guy they like, why not? But I just think there are position groups that are in greater need. So I have that into tier four. All right, let's move on to uh, the other skill position on the offense. Uh, one of the others, a wide receiver. Where do you have that? So wide receiver, I have as tier two. Um, in terms of round one, I think the only guy that I'd consider out of the, I don't know if they're necessarily consensus, but like the top guys for wide receivers, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's the only one that, you know, if we're there at 27, that's the only one I'd be happy to take at 27. I feel like uh, I prefer the value on day uh, two and three, really. So for example, Example, Josh Downs, I prefer uh, over um, Addison if we were able to trade down into the 30s, 40s. That's kind of a range I'd consider Downs because he's more of a slot only kind of guy. But uh, Cedric Tillman, who's one of my favorite wide receivers, uh, one of the only ex wide receivers in his draft, um, I prefer him, you know, round two, round three uh, over um, the Texas. Uh, oh my God. What was for school? I'm trying to think now. Johnson. TCU. Quinn Johnson. TCE. Okay. That's it. Yeah. So Tillman over Johnson for me. And then like your Marvin Mims, Travis Scott, um, and uh, Palmer, uh, Trey Palmer over uh, Jalen Hyatt. Like, I just think that the value in uh, day two and three uh, is better than what's going to be there, uh, you know, end of day one, uh, start of day two. Uh, so I just think, yeah, uh, I'm not too high on the top guys. I think it's still a need, though, but I prefer to use the more valuable assets on uh, in round one and round two in other positions. So, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Uh, so got, what about you? I've got it as a round one need because I think there's a, there's a starting job. I think there's only really two starting jobs available uh, for the Bills, and I think wide receiver is one of them. Either... Uh, a slot essentially to be the, the replacement to Beasley or a guy that's a little bit more, you know, um, flexible in terms of playing outside and maybe taking that wide receiver two role, uh, the sort of role that we, you know, we essentially had with Emmanuel Sanders and we hoped that um, Gable Davis would step into, but seemed to be maybe just a, a position too high. Um, I, I could absolutely see that as a position where they may even draft it late in, in day two. 
But I think it's, yeah. a, it's a starting job. I think it's a, a tier one need, as in at some point during the draft, I think they need to draft a wide receiver. I'm relatively open-minded about when they take that player. Um, I'm similar to you. I think the only guy that I'm particularly high on in round one is Jackson Smith and Jigbera. You know, so he managed to, managed to actually pronounce it this time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I also like Josh Downs. I really like Xavier Hutchinson. Um, you know, he's, he's got a point more like a round three kind of guy, but I just think he's a he's a good yeah. all-rounder. Um, you know, he's got the he's got the great hands. He's got the length at six foot two. He's, he's really like his ball tracking and how good he is and contested catches. He's also a really solid route runner as well. And yeah. I think he just really pops on film. Um, so I just think he he's probably the sort of guy who could develop into a wide receiver too. Um, otherwise, you know, there are some interesting slot, op- slot options. You mentioned Josh Downs. It's a weird draft for wide receivers. Um, there's a lot of a lot of Smurfs, you know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys who are who are short. You know, you've got yeah. say Flowers, you've got Marvin Mims, Josh Downs. They're all sub what you would perhaps look for in um, in you know an optimal wide receiver. You know, as in really slot guys. There is one guy that is becoming a bit my my draft crush is is Andre Savias out of Princeton. Um, he's he's not the finished article, nothing like it, but he's, mm-hmm. he's got all the tools. He's six foot four, he's two hundred yeah. pounds, and I, I don't know. I, I, he's a, he's a bit of my draft crush. Uh, I, I don't know whether he's really the kind of guy that they would they would draft, but um, he's certainly a player that I really like, and uh, I think uh, it'd be interesting to see what he does with his career. Let's put it that way. That's why I think for me, like you demonstrated there, like there's some guys further down in the draft, um, which I think we can get that, you know, I don't think they're quite like, you know, I, I mentioned it there, like, you know, some of the guys, Zay Jones's, Quinn Johnson's, you know, um, they're going to be the top of this wide receiver class. But I think the guys below that are pretty, you know, close. So why use that round one asset when there are guys further down the board and we know from you know history recent history that you select receivers on you know round two round three um they can sometimes even outperform round one guys so absolutely that's one thing for me it's still very much a need and we still need starters there but i'm prepared to wait um after day one to kind of get those players Yep, makes sense. All right, let's talk about tight end. Um, there is a gap at tight end too right now. Um, but how do you have that in, in sort of your yeah. tiers? Yeah, so I've got that tier three for me. So clearly this this class is a strong tight end class, and there's some guys at the top of the draft, which you know I would be interested in potentially um round one. You know, it's not my ideal. Uh, it's not my dream scenario, but like a Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, they're two very opposite tight ends, but I could, I'm certainly open to those two guys being selected at 27. And because of the depth of this class, I think that, you know, we could actually wait though. Like I think, you know, those guys and those players will be good NFL starters, but I think with how strong this class is, you know, I scouted, you know, 12 tight ends and I think all of them are, you know, at least like, you know, top round five kind of players. They've mm. all got a role in the NFL. So I don't really see, like, who, who knows? I think because this class is quite weak overall, but tight end is strong, maybe the Titans will get bumped up. But also you could look at it the other way and say, well, if there's that much depth, the tight end will wait on tight end, you know, further down into the round. So I think yeah. day two, day three, certainly the sweet spot I'd be looking at. Um, so that's why I got a tier three, uh, just because there's quite a lot of bodies in this uh, tight end class, and also you know we don't know this stylistically, as you said, like if we um, 
drafted one in round two. It says a lot. They want to go 12 personnel. I don't think they want to, though. Like, I feel like the kind of moves that they've made to try and fill tight end two haven't suggested that, you know, it's a prime for them to have 12 personnel you know they might evolve they might change and you know if they do that's great and i'll be pretty open and you know happy to do that but uh you know the moves that they've made with oj howard and kind of uh you know being prepared to have tommy sweeney and quinton morris as your talent too i think it kind of suggests that they're pretty happy to play a bit more 11 personnel not have as many two tight end sets um so yeah that's why i've got it tier three yeah, I got it tier three as well. Um, I think there's certainly a, a role to, you know, it would be nice to get a Titan two in the draft. I don't think it's critical. Yeah. I think if they don't get a pick up a Titan two, they can get through a guy through cuts. They can maybe trade for a guy if necessary. Um, I suspect they'll probably get a late round guy. You know, interestingly, I read that they had a visit with with Payne Durham um, from Purdue. Yeah. Um, I haven't scouted him yet, but yeah, he's, he's currently ranked as sort of like a round four kind of guy um that sort of tells you a little bit of something um in terms of mm-hmm. where, what, how far down are they actually having visits you know those top 30 visits are precious and um you know that, that that's what maybe gives an indication i i'm with you i think this is a strong class and i think that um it's likely that some of those mid-round guys drop a little bit and i can see this being kind of a round five type pick where they, they pick up a guy who perhaps otherwise yeah. would have gone a little higher Okay, yeah. so let's move to the offensive line and let's start off with the interior offensive line. Um, you know, you and I have talked a lot about getting a guard to, to bolster the uh, protection for Josh Allen. Um, where do you have this in your, your tiers? So I've got this as tier two still. So I can't remember exactly where I had it uh, before we had free agency, but I've got it as tier two. And the reason is, Honda McGovern, which is a splash free agent signing, you know, we could get out of his contract after a year. Um, and then Ryan Bates, you know, we saw, you know, five games of um, pretty high level performance uh, at the back end of 2021, it would be now. And we haven't really seen him kick on from that. So Ryan Bates, yeah, he's okay. He's adequate. He's solid. But looking forward, I'm sure that, that you know, this is his second year i think it's going to be of his new contract i'm sure you know we haven't exactly um got a massive cap hit there um we've probably got a bit of a saving i would imagine i haven't actually checked the number but you know this having ryan bates as one of our starting guards doesn't um you know change the fact that you know it, it doesn't mean that we can't draft another guard you mm-hmm. know um and i'm quite interested i know we've talked about it before but if we kind of go the interior offensive line i'd like someone that you know, more more so has experience actually at center. So if Mitch Morse is out, then we know we've got someone that's had good experience at the college level at least. Um, you know, um, taking snaps and that type of thing. Um, and then you know, still have that potential guard flexibility. You know, if they can move across and they they can, they can still anchor and pass protect. Um, I'm quite interested in that. So although we've you know seemingly got our starting offensive line with. A question for me that we'll get to in a minute on offensive tackle, then, um, you know, the starters look great, but what what about beyond that? What's the long-term plan? I'd like to see still some investments on the interior of the offensive line. I wouldn't be mad um, about even if that was in day two. Uh, I don't expect them to do it in round one now, just because we seemingly do have that starting five kind of solidified. But I'd like to see some, you know, real decent competition come in, even in, for the interior. Uh, so yeah, so I've got it still as a tier two for me. 
What about you? Yeah, same. Uh, very much the same. I agree with everything you've said. Um, I think I want to see it bolstered. I'd like us to have some depth there. I think they've probably got their starting five there that they're happy with. I do think that the changes that they've made have upgraded that position group um, at a reasonable level. You can always follow the money and, and you can see who they're paying and, and therefore you know who they're expecting to start. I think offensive line has always been a place where they felt they could maybe get away with not having the absolute top tier players i mean you can yeah you, you can compensate for a not a perfect offensive line with a player like josh allen with a with a strong you know outside running game with um yeah with uh you know even scheme you know there, there are things you can do to minimize investment that you have to make there but i, I have it as a tier two need i just want to see more uh, depth there and i think it's a good opportunity to get cheap labor in the draft and i'd like to see them probably get somebody in the, in the first yeah four four rounds or so something something like that would be great um, I was just going to ask you, like you were talking about the fact that, you know, they've like tried to scrimp the offensive line and especially the interior spots because of the type of quarterback that Josh Allen is. Like, do you, you know, agree with that? Or like, I don't think you do based on the fact you've got this as a tier two and you're still willing to see some investments there. But I'm personally hoping that they evolve and they actually, you know, are true in what they're saying that you know the first priority is protecting Josh Allen because I feel like the moves they've made um, over the last couple of seasons haven't uh, backed that up. I'm hoping that you know they're true to their word and that's something that they want to rectify. Um, you know this uh, off season they made a few moves, but like, do you actually um, agree with that strategy itself? Like, because I just simply don't, and I'm hoping that they are true to their word and they they rectify yeah, that. I mean. I want one. I think you can't pay everybody. Um, but my feeling is, mm-hmm. all right, well, if you can't pay everybody, get somebody cheap in the draft who's good. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. I think yeah. that we've we've neglected that that guard position. And I think it puts an awful lot on Mitch Morse to have these rotating guys either side of him. And I think that's a little unfair. And I think, you know, you give you buy Josh an extra what quarter, half a second. Um, he, you know, he can do good things with that time. So, um, yeah. I think it's a really tricky one, and I think that it's it's compounded by the fact we haven't had a settled right tackle um, either. So, it, you know, if you were just worrying about tackle, just worrying about guard, then it makes it a little bit easier. Well, this offensive line has been heavily disrupted over the years through injuries and you know mm-hmm. make make weight players. You know, we had Quinton Spain in for a while. Remember that that, that off season where they just signed like yeah. ten offensive uh, offensive linemen and yeah. just hope to try and work it out. Um, I don't know how successful that was really. Um, only Mitch Morse really made it through that that process. So, yeah, I, I think if they want to be cheap there, go draft a player. Um, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so uh, this is a controversial position, which is offensive tackle. <laughs> um, I've got some quite uh, yeah. yeah strong opinions on this, but very interesting yours as well. Where do you have this? Yeah, I've got strong opinions as well. So with how I've categorized them, I'm not, only factored in kind of the current roster but I've also factored in you know the strengths of this draft and for me especially at the top end it really isn't um towards the bottom of the draft and that's why it's more imperative in my mind that offensive tackle top end there's like six guys that could potentially go in the in the first round that could potentially be in range at 27 so for me and not only that but obviously Spencer Brown you know we've talked about it I've talked about it um, a number of times this off season um, I wasn't satisfied with how you know he performed uh, at the end of the season obviously 
obviously that Dolphins game in the playoffs, I think he let out four sacks. Um, and I know he went through a lot in the offseason previously. Uh, he didn't have a, a a full training camp, anything like that. But I just look at it and I think that, you know, it's where Josh ideally wants to kind of scramble and escape and be able to make throws down the field and, and be his most creative self. So I see it's really important, that right tackle position. And, you know, we've got guys there. We've got, as I said, Spencer Brown. We've got Tommy Doyle hopefully coming back, who's a swing tackle. We've got Questenberry back. But, you know, these are the same guys that we had last year. And um, I am not satisfied by that performance level that we saw from Spencer Brown. So the fact that, you know, the t- the draft is strong at the top end for tackle. Um, I wasn't confident about, um, you know, I'm not confident about Spencer Brown going into this season. All of that culminates, like, as a tier one for me. Like, I really do think that, you know, where 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 we're going to be at 27, I do think there's going to be at least one or two tackles available. Um, you look at, you know, Darnell Wright, he's my favourite uh, out of the group in terms of playing right tackle. Um, you've got uh, DeWand Jones and Broderick Jones, uh, Anton Harrison, you know, got a few of these guys that could potentially be there um, that I'd be pretty happy starting at right tackle. So I think that there is a opportunity there to improve uh, and to get a, you know, not necessarily bookend uh, right tackle, but I'm hoping that, you know, it's going to be a solid starter at least. Like um, Dawkins has been, obviously, Dion Dawkins, you know, I wouldn't say he's like in the top 10 of tackles, but he's solid and, you know, we pay for his services, you know, according. Accordingly, you know, he's not one of the paid offensive tackles. He's probably paid exactly where we should be, like in what tier he is. So 15, I'd be quite happy to, highest, you know, yeah. solidify that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'd be quite happy to see someone else to play uh, on the other side of him. Yeah, I've got, I've got what about you? tier two. Um, okay. My feeling is that they may well... You know, as we talked earlier about the, the draft doesn't yeah. lie, right? Um, they're all saying all the right things about Spencer Brown. They clearly believe in Spencer Brown, but I just feel like we don't have mm. enough depth in that position anyway. I don't think we've really had a you know a proper swing tackle for forever. Um, you know, I'm not totally averse to Questenberry, but I think this is a position that they could well go earlier than people expect. Um, I suspect they might be lying a little bit about Spencer Brown, but the yeah, draft will tell us <laughs> but i don't think yeah, it's one of the, it's, it's one of those positions that they should either go early or they should go quite late you know either all right let's make it an early commitment yeah. somebody who's absolutely going to start and going to improve that right tackle position or let's go late for a developmental guy who can be a swing tackle and, and and you know potentially a cheap cheap position i mean um so cheap labor in that position i don't know it's one of those ones that i would have it as a tier two need but i could equally see brandon Bean not drafting one at all um and uh you know i'm not saying that you know, we're we're wrong here. It's just it's a really tricky one because we just don't know how much they believe in Spencer Brown or not, and the draft will tell us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I would like to get a bit deeper at tackle. That's for sure. Just to just to demonstrate. So when um I've done I've reviewed I don't know how many tackles this is, but a good probably fifteen sixteen offensive tackles, and the gap I've got between uh my seventh offensive tackle being uh, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse um, to the next one Tyler Steen's about two rounds so I just want to demonstrate there that like if you don't get one of these top you know six or seven tackles um, you could you know after that it really does fall off like for me like the interior's got a lot more depth whereas on the you know um, tackle position 
it's just not got that level of depth. So if you don't get one at the top end, mm. um, absolutely round two, then I don't really see too much point. Like obviously can develop someone, but then that's what Spencer Brown is. So what's the point? Kind of, yep. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I think if you don't get one top end, then you're just, just kind of getting, yeah. you know, just forget it. Exactly. Yeah. Make do. Okay, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. And um, yeah, let's start with defensive tackle. Um, where do you have that in your, your rankings? So I've got that as tier two. So clearly, we all know that after this uh, season, uh, in 2024, we've got no one contracted a defensive tackle. But I think that, um, you know, this class isn't the strongest at the top end. Like so, I'm not really considering a defensive tackle in round round one. Um, I think there's a little bit better value day two or three again. If also we say this for a lot of positions that there's, and that just sums it up, doesn't it? You know, trade down would work best because you know a lot of these we aren't like yes, that's the correct you know draft position to to select that player. Defensive tackle, I feel the same. Like I don't think it's a strong class. I prefer we get someone further down the board, like maybe a round two, uh, like. Um, Benton or Gervin Dexter Jr., mm. uh, someone maybe round, round three. That, you know, I think in that range, I think based on this class, I don't think we expect that player to be starting, especially in his rookie season. But, you know, we need rotation. You're going to need rotation defensive line. Uh, you know, I'm not expecting, you know, a uh, pro bowler, let's just say, to come from, you know, us drafting one on round two, three. But I'm just looking for a solid starter that's... Um, you know, we've got some uh, contract control over for four seasons that can develop, that can improve, has some tools and, um, you know, just eventually maybe be a starter in, uh, you know, year two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... As the, either one tech or three tech, so... The reason it's it's such a high need is because we've got four guys who are all going to be out of contract in a year. Um, yeah. I don't think we'll be rushing to re-sign a Jordan Phillips. Um, you know, we, we obviously have the Oliver situation. Decon Jones is on his last year is is his contract. Uh, this 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 room needs bolstering, and I am not convinced they're going to we're going to re-sign Ed Oliver. Um, you know, as much as I love mm. the guy, I just I'm very skeptical, and I think this is a tier two need as well. And I would not be surprised if we went pretty early with a three tech. I would like to see better depth at one tech as well, but to me, that's more of a kind of later yeah. round uh, situation. A lot of yeah. people like high on Mazzy Smith. I'm not personally. I think he's very limited <laughs> as a player. I think once he gets in the backfield, he looks really heavy feet. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the value here is more in the sort of day day two region, and or even maybe day three. A couple of guys I picked out were um, Brenton, uh, Keanu Brenton, you mentioned i also really like uh nesta jade soliviero who's, who's more of the sort of uh, one tech guy maybe as a sort of later round option day th- day three option so i think there are options there but i suspect they're gonna they're gonna bolster this room and i, I certainly have it as a as a tier two need it's not a starting job i don't think but it's certainly a uh, developmental role it's a it's a rotational role um that i think they're going to need uh, to make sure they've got uh yeah enough depth in this room and some some options if uh, people like Adola choose not to to hang around Okay, so yeah. Edge, where do you have Edge? So I'm currently going through watching film on the Edge players, and there's a lot of, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of players that come out of this draft um, in the Edge position. Now have, you know, they're not maybe going to have Pro Bowl careers, but I think a lot of them will have solid NFL careers. Um, and there's a lot of guys that are toolsy that. 
um, you know, can be developed and can turn into something. And based on just how we have our edge position, who knows what's going to happen with Von Miller's health? You know, who knows when he's going to be able to return, if that's week one or uh, he could be placed on par or who knows what's going to go happen there. I'm not happy to go into next season um, being in the same position that, you know, we're only confident really in Gregory Rousseau as an edge player if Von Miller's out. I am watching this film and I'm becoming more warmer to the prospect of drafting an edge in round one especially but also I'm pretty open to it in day two as well so so, yeah I've got it as tier tier one for me I like the idea of having like a high-end edge that could come in as potentially an edge three and then you know be part of that rotation and obviously if Von Miller's not available potentially could even start over AJ Vanessa or uh, Boogie Basham because yeah you know where I am with them, I'm not uh, counting on anything from either of those two long term. Obviously, AJ Menezes is in, in his contract year anyway. So, um, what about you? So, again, I find this really difficult. I haven't scouted the edge class yet. So, it was interesting yeah. what you're saying that, that there actually is some, some quality uh, round one options. I think this is going to be a weird draft. And I think there's a good chance that positions like edge, there might be some players that drop. There's a, a lot of guys who are ranked as sort of, um, you know, uh, yeah, round one type type rated players um, at edge. Mm-hmm. I haven't really got into them, so I don't feel like I can comment. But I actually have it as a, a tier three simply because. I think that they've re-signed Shaq Lawson. Um, I yeah. think that the first choice of of Miller and Rousseau is a, is a really solid uh, pairing. Um, I think there are other needs. That said, it would not surprise me at all if somebody drops into their lap, they say, well, are going to go edge round one. If they think yeah. they can reduce that gap in quality between the, the, the first choice guys and the rotational guys, it's such a premium position. Why wouldn't you do that? Um, you yeah. know, we talked about positional value on our last pod, and I just think that although I have it as a tier three need, I'm comfortable if they don't draft an edge just about. But mm-hmm. if if somebody good drops into our lap, go get them. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be yeah, averse yeah. to the idea of going for like a sort of late, I don't know, day two guy who's just super traitsy, but maybe really underdeveloped. Again, I haven't really looked at the class and, and seen whether that, that sort of player exists, but I'm not averse yeah. to somebody who just is a pure pass rusher, pin their ears back and disrupt, um, even if they're super raw. Um, if there was someone like that, I wouldn't, I, I'd quite like to see that as well, but you can't, <laughs> you can't solve every need. So I, I've got it as a, as a tier three, probably because I've got some of those other positions a little bit higher. Yeah. All right, let's move to linebacker. Yeah, so clearly this is a tier one. I think everyone, every single Bills fan you talk to, they can have it as a tier one. Um, does that mean that we draft it in round one? Not in my opinion, because I think we talked about it on the last podcast. Like This is a weak class for the linebackers. There's not a consensus first round talent. Um, I don't feel like, you know, we've illustrated it here. Like for me, I've got... Uh, six tier one and tier two needs, um, including linebacker. But some of these um, tier one and two positions for me, they are more stronger in this draft and there is like the correct positional, uh, also draft value to be selecting those needs. So I'd prefer if we, um, you know, don't reach clearly. Uh, I think we don't have to get like Jack Campbell as at 27, like a lot of people are doing. I think we can get one on day two that's serviceable. Um, I'm quite happy to kind of follow the Eagles approach of, you know, 
it's not a premium position. Um, this isn't a strong draft class anyway. So, you know, I'm quite happy to have one in round three to come in and compete with Terrell Bernard, uh, Tyrell Dodson. I'm not happy with that situation, obviously. Like, to go from Tremaine Edmonds to, to you know, a Trenton Simpson or Drew Sanders or Henley or Henry Toro-Toro, you know, those kind of guys, um, as well as Bernard. You know, I'm not happy that we've, you know, had such a drop-off in terms of our play there. Uh, but I'm quite happy for us to prioritise other needs, the trenches especially, like as I've illustrated there, like I prefer us to put our needs and assets there. So hopefully we can find someone that's, you know, got some ability and I haven't studied the linebacker class yet. I just, this is just purely based on what I've heard in the mm. podcasts and the, the content that I listen to. I just don't think we need to reach for it. You know, I think that limits our options and how good we can, you know, feel about this draft. Um, what about you? Yeah, obviously a, a tier one need as well. I think we have to get a linebacker in this draft unless they've got some 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 other idea in mind. Um, it's it's a it's a weird class honestly because there's very few choices who you would consider to be archetypes, middle lane, backer, body shapes. You know that sort of six three, six four, two hundred and forty pound type type guy. And it's a reason why Jack Campbell gets a lot of you know buzz i suppose is because he is that archetype um you know he's six five he's 243 pounds you know, he's big he's physical he's good at processing he's good in sound versus the run he's got good tackling he's not the most dynamic guy i mean you know we got used to watching um tremaine edmonds you know he's not tremaine edmonds let's be very clear you know he's he's, yeah. he's not super strong in coverage in my opinion i think we can mitigate that given the secondary is so strong but that's the reason that he's getting the buzz it's not because he's some world you know absolute phenomenal player it's because he's He's an archetype. He's acceptable at that position. I actually really like Henry uh, Tuatuo uh, from Alabama. You know, he's he's uh, you know a much shorter guy. He's six one, two hundred twenty seven pounds. But I, I just I just think he really pops on film. I think he's he could do with a bit more bulk, but he's athletic. He's a sound tackler. I, I think he is a he's got good processing for a for a middle line, linebacker. Um, and um, one sort of maybe mid to later round guy I quite like is is Demarvian Overshawn from Texas. Yeah, he's six four, two hundred twenty four. I just think he he's an interesting player. He really he really pops on film. He's a he's a a tall guy, probably big enough to add a bit of bulk. Um, and uh, he's aggressive. You know, I, I like his tackling. Uh, he's good in coverage. He's long. He's probably physically somewhat closer to you know your um. Your uh, Tremaine Edmonds than maybe most of the people in the class, and maybe they could see an opportunity to maybe develop him, burst him versus the run, and add a bit more bulk. You know, he, he does have a bit of inconsistency there, but I do quite like him, and he's aggressive, and he's the, the kind of guy you think, yeah, maybe maybe we could we could do something with him. So, yeah, I think interesting linebacker class. Um, I'm going to get a little bit further deep into it as well, um, but there are some players I like. I think it's going to tell us a lot what they do at the linebacker. It's definitely a tier one need for me. All right, so we talked about um, linebacker. Uh, moving on to secondary, I mean, cornerbacks, are you expecting, <laughs> expecting anybody to, us to go after a cornerback at all? So I've got both cornerback and safety as tier fours. Um, for cornerback, though, if they did go and select one, you know, in the top three rounds, it wouldn't shock me because this cornerback class is, is really strong. There's yeah, a lot of, good. you know, yeah. tall, physical, the complete opposite of the wide receivers, basically. So there's a lot of, you know, big physical cornerbacks, good at press, um, you know, who can really be physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, so 
because we've got obviously Trinidadis right, we drafted Kyrie Elam in the first round, we've got Christian Benford and Jane Jackson. You know, if we're going to make a move, I could see it more so on day three, like as we have done with Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, and kind of get a depth cornerback. But if they did get someone, you know, in the top three rounds, that would kind of say a lot to me. Like before this draft and before free agency, I kind of, you know, I've got no reason why I think this, but I've got a little bit of a hunch that potentially Tredavious White, you know, even though he's under contract for, I think, another three seasons or something, I don't think, I I might say I don't think, but I feel like there's a chance that, you know, he could potentially, if something doesn't work out, you know, especially, I don't know, there could be a path, let's just say, for him to actually be traded during the next season. Um I don't know why I've got nothing to indicate why, you know, Brandon Bean or McDermott have said nothing about him. Clearly he's a locker room favourite and he's a fan favourite, so I'm not advocating for it. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know, there's been a few subtle signs uh, over the last season um, that, you know, and and obviously with a cap and this kind of stuff, maybe he might become a casualty sooner rather than later. So, you know, if they were to draft a cornerback in the first three rounds, I wouldn't say it means, you know, Tredavious White's definitely going to be going at some point over next season, but um, that would start to kind of, you know, add smoke to that fire, let's just say. So, um, and then safety, you know, obviously, as you said, we, we signed Jordan Poyer uh, for two years. We can get out of it after a year. And Taylor Rapp's only a one-year deal as well. Mm. So it's not like we're committed to anyone, including uh, Michael Hyde, for, for more than a year. So it could be something that they do. Again, it could be something that they do in, in the first three rounds. But not for me. Like, if they're going to make a move there, it's going to be a day three player for me. So uh, they're both of tier four. What about you? So, yeah, I've got uh, cornerback as, as tier four as well. I've not even watched one cornerback. Um, you know, yeah. if there's, there's talent there. I don't entirely disagree with you about Trey White. I, I get the feeling that... They're going to want to. There's see just some weird vibes there. Yeah, there? I know what you mean. I think they're going to want to see him back to his level after the injury. Yeah. Um, I, I think he, he was getting there towards the end of last season, but such yeah. a big injury to come back from that. I think they're going to want to see it. Um, he's a very highly paid player, so they're going to want to see that level of production. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not. I don't think he's on the trade block at any, any at all. But you can, you know, the old adage is you can have too many good corners. Right. The injuries happen. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, this is a passing league, and to be able to have really good backup at corner, then then I can see it. But I certainly type it as a tier four need. I can absolutely um, be. I'm very comfortable if they walk out without any corners. It's safety, I feel slightly different about. I, I think there's a it's a tier three need for me. I can see them picking up a late mm-hmm. round guy. We still don't yeah. really know what's happening with Demar Hamlin. I mean, they probably don't know. He probably doesn't know until you know, we get into training cap. He, he said he wants to play again. Um, yeah, he, he's intending to play, so I think it's very likely he turns up a training camp as normal. And I think if they see what they want to see out of him, then they'll be pretty relaxed. But you know, I'm not completely out on the idea of drafting a safety. Certainly not early, um, but <laughs> um, a later round guy. If 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 they see somebody that they really like and want to pick up, then then sure, you know, at some point Micah Hyde will retire. <laughs> at some point Jordan Poyer will retire. And so, um, as you said. Um, uh, there isn't a lot of long-term depth in that room, um, so I, mm-hmm. I, could, I could see it being possible. Yeah, great. So we talked about how all these positions kind of uh, line up in terms of our rankings. We talked about sort of the sweet spot of, of where we might be expecting those sort of tier one, tier two uh, positions to be drafted. What I want to move on to is, is what do we actually think that Brandon Bean's going to do? What might his plan A be based on everything that we've said? Um, 
maybe Tim, you want to you want to kick us off? Is is what do you think that right now Brandon Bean has in his mind in terms of what he wants to do in the early part of this draft, based upon what his needs are, where the the quality is in this draft? How do you think he's he 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 envisages his best option right now? I think he's going to look at this, and he knows that in certain positions within the first round, that type of caliber player. Um, you know, we talked about it, like there's only probably 11, 12, like true first round uh, talent players probably on their board as well. So they know that, you know, they might not be getting, you know, the top quality in terms of from 27, who they're going to pick. But I think that that's going to mean that they're going to be even more focused on um drafting someone that's very traitsy, someone that might have had production in the college game, but they've still got some room to improve. Um, they've got the right attitude. I think that, you know, it's going to be premium positions. Again, you look at all of the Brandon Bean drafts. I think this is going to be his sixth draft now. Every single draft that he's done outside of Tremaine Edmonds, all of them have been premium positions as well. So I think he'll very much, you know, stick to that. I think that as I've, demonstrated not offensive tackle is the sweet spot and that's a premium position he's not drafted an offensive tackle before so I think that is somewhere that he could potentially go um it's really hard to tell like from the visits I can't like gain anything based on the kind of visits it's very sporadic it's not only to speak to those top round you know kind of talents it's to you know who they necessarily will draft. It's about just kind of knowing players for like potential free agency down the road, um, that type of thing. So I think that it's going to be Tracy players. I think it's going to be premium positions. You know, who knows though? Like you know, you look at his time at uh, the Panthers. They picked uh, McCaffrey at eight. Mm. Could we potentially see that based on this draft and the fact that there's some you know tight end, for example, isn't a premium position, but it's probably the strongest tight end class in a decade uh you know will we see that evolve will he actually choose a non-premium player could he even potentially trade down like we've we've talked about doing you know if we could find a trade partner he's not done that before in the first round uh so you know could we see that strategy change uh i'm mm. not too sure but i think you know based on what we've seen historically kind of the strengths of a draft i think you could look at you know trench players um for traits but offensive tackle as well. Uh, it's just somewhere that he's not actually drafted top before. You mm. know, he's done defensive tackle with Ed Oliver. He's done edge uh, with Gregory Rousseau. Uh, you know, so could it be offensive tackle's turn? Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, that's where I think we'll probably go. Uh, what about you? My gut tells me that plan A is to trade down. Um, yeah. The What he needs in terms of wide receiver, um, linebacker, uh, defensive tackle that's um these sort of premium needs so these sort of tier one tier two needs the sweet spots not in the first round it, it, it was certainly not where the bills are picking unless there's someone like a jackson smith and jigba who falls them or gets within kind of easy trade up range um i think trade down would be as plan a and, and try and pick up an additional second and third round pick um that gives you four second and third round picks and then given them the needs that we have i think that's and where the quality is in this draft i think that will be plan a plan b you know training down is hard and i suspect it's going to be hard in this draft but you never know you know there's a lot of talk about you know teams maybe five 
quarterbacks going in this draft if we throw Hendon Hooker into this yeah. into the mix that's going to push mm-hmm. guys down um yeah. it's, it's it's a weird mix so you don't have the traditional wide receiver quality but your cornerback quality um you mentioned edge already in terms of premium positions weird stuff could happen so I suspect mm-hmm. it's going to be tough to trade down about that's what I would like to see happen yeah but so then the question is is what does he do and if 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 he doesn't have you know, someone like a Jackson Smith and Jigba there sat, sitting for him or a B. John Robinson sitting for him. Um, and he doesn't really want to go, say, tight end in round one. He may be forced to reach into the sort of the, the tier two quality players, the round two quality players like a, a Jack Campbell or a, or, a, or a Josh Downs, perhaps, or, or maybe even a, mm-hmm. a Joe Tipman on the offensive line and reach for a player. Because frankly, picking at 27, you might as well be picking um, in the second round anyway. So I think we're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of the, the a lot of weird stuff happening in the late part of the first round in terms of players going, you know, perhaps earlier than people expect because yeah. there's not a lot to choose between the you know the second half of the first round and the top of the third round, um, in my opinion, on, on on this particular draft class, especially at positions like wide receiver and and linebacker. So, you know, he might think, well, all right, we need a we need a. Uh, an archetype middle linebacker let's go and get jack campbell um in in round one that might look like a reach but it's a position of need it's the, the top need that we have on our board and i think that might be plan b did you see any any angle for him to trade up um are there players on the board that you think would be worth a sort of say a modest trade up i don't think you're going to be talking about trading up into the first half of the of the round one that's that's pretty expensive but maybe you know a few picks is there something if they sat there you think oh yeah it's gonna be worth it yeah, I think there's only like three scenarios in my mind that I'd consider and be okay, obviously, depending on what that compensation looked like. But in my mind, just like three scenarios that Brandon Bean might do and I could see actually doing on draft day. So um, we mentioned him a few times already, but Bijan Robinson, um, for me, he's a generation talent. He's by far the best player in this draft. I feel like, you know, we could still trade up. Um Depends where he falls, but I feel like I could see Brandon Bean with how aggressive he can be at times, especially in the first round. I could see him actually going, you know, fairly high, like obviously not in the top 10 or anything stupid like that. But, you know, he could even like go up to, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 in that range. You know, at least you're going to get him for five years at his peak of his powers on a cost control deal. I was looking at um, just took a generic number in the mid-teens. Um, number 15 uh, last year, Kenyon Green uh, was a guy that was drafted by the Texans. I want to just look at what his uh, like, rookie deal looks like and what the average annual value is compared to to running backs to see if we were to trade up to a 15, to a 16, 17, for example, for B. John Robinson, what that looked like. So Kenyon Green signed a uh, four-year, $16 million uh, deal. So obviously that's $4 million. Uh, average value for the first four years. That would have made Bijan Robinson, if he gets an equivalent deal, if the Bills do this and were to trade up, he'd be the 18th highest paid running back on average annual value. Um, and that's obviously based on now, you know, that doesn't consider fourth year, you know, what the running back market looks like, you know, that's probably going to drop um, with a salary cap going up. So, you know, what would that cost? You know, they might have to give up um, a, a bit of assets, you know, maybe this year's second, next year's second, and po- possibly Tremaine Edmonds third for next year. I don't know what it'd look like. That might be a bit too too expensive. Um, I wouldn't say we should do it for all of that, but I could see it for like, 
you know, round two pick next year or, you know, that Tremaine Edmonds uh, comp pick that we'll get. Like, I don't think we get that now. Um, we can't trade that now because it's not being like, official, but we could pay, at least trade our third round yeah. pick and we'd still get that back. So how, I can see an avenue there. How far which, up would our, our round three pick get us? Not, not very far in the first Not round. very hard, which is yeah. why I think that it needs to be like a second round pick as well, either this year or next year. So it would take a little bit of capital, but I just think for what he can be in the NFL, for the cost you're going to get him at, um, and you're not going to be in a range to to draft this type of talent, I don't think. Um, I can't see it unless we get a huge injury to Josh Allen or anything like that. We're not going to be picking in you know top 12, 15, 14 uh, picks. And I know that it's running back. You shouldn't draft them high. You know, I don't think we'll see a Saquon Barkley at pick two for a while. Um, but for me, Bijan is a similar talent to him. And if he's in our range and if we have to do a trade-up to get him, I could be on board with that um, because I think he would make a huge difference yeah. a huge impact to this I, offense I can't get on board with that simply because I think there's too many other needs I think to sacrifice that amount of draft capital I think if it's a, you know, a place or two yeah. I, can, I, can, I can live with it if it if it's more yeah. than that I, I can't I think there are, in terms of players I'd be comfortable oh, you know trading up for as I said I, only a modest trade up I think uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba would be one of them. I think he's a yeah. starting wow. slot. Um, if you were, you know, having to go up a couple of places, two, three places, I could live with that. If for some weird reason Broderick Jones dropped, <laughs> I would happily yeah. trade for him. The offensive that tackle, I think. One. Yeah, he's yeah. He's such a good player. You know, he's such a, such a good player. He immediately elevates that, that offensive line. Um, I don't think he's getting past the top 10, but if something weird happened, um, we've seen stranger things before. He'd be one that I would be prepared to reach a little bit for. Um, yeah. Because if that offensive tackle start uh, run starts, that's the second one I've got. If that tackle run starts early, then, as I talked about when we went position by position, offensive tackle it is a steep drop off after those first top six, seven guys. So, if you are dead set, if you are Brandon Bean and you are dead set on getting, uh, you know, an upgrade at right tackle, someone that you think can come in, plug and play, and will be an improvement to our offensive line, then I'd certainly get on board with that. I don't know exactly, you know, where what type of trade up that should be, uh, probably because I'm saying or advocating to do that with B. John Robinson. I'm not yeah. necessarily saying you know there's some I really wish we want for us to do. I just am kind of open and yeah. I would be okay with it. Um, and I think I'd be the same with offensive tackle to be honest. Um, the only other one for me would be an edge player. So you've got your what Tyree Wilson's your your Lucas Van Ness's who are kind of being mocked regularly in the top 10 top 12 if for whatever reason like one of those falls within the 20s like you look at it last year Jermaine Johnson he was kind of consensus top 10 top 12 player last season and he fell to 26 where the Jets traded up like I see that if that was to happen this year and if it's that kind of high-end prospect I could see them doing it and I would be okay with it um, because it's a premium position, because I am quite keen on getting that third player. Um, will they do that? I'm not too sure. But the first two, the Bijan Robinson thing and offensive tackle, I think that they're more realistic um, mm. trade-ups. Um, Edge, I don't think will happen just because I can't see one of those guys falling. But if they did, I could see him making a move and I'd be on board with that. So they're the ones for me. Do you have, do you have yeah. any more? I've got one more that I just want to talk about. This is an interesting scenario. I'm not high on them dra- on, on, on trading up 
if they trade up more, more than a few picks, I just I'm not, not prepared to give up the draft capital for what for what's available in this draft class. Um, but Brian Brissy from Clemson, um, mm-hmm. he's six five, three hundred pounds. He's quick, athletic. He's super raw, but but my word, he's an interesting player. Um, he he's the sort of guy who could be in range. Um, you know, within that sort of 27 spot, he might even fall to us. That would be an interesting one because you, you could theoretically um, be, he could be the replacement for Ed Oliver. You know, he's more of the, the archetype. He's a bit heavier than Ed Oliver, uh, three tech. You know, if, if they if they decided that they, they can't afford to pay Ed Oliver what he wants, could they be tempted to, to go and get a, a Brian Brissy and then open up the opportunity to actually trade Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver at some point during the draft for picks? Um that might be an interesting scenario. Um, I'm not expecting it, but yeah. I'm not completely out on the idea either. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you go and trade up for Brian Brissy if you think we're keeping Ed Oliver and he's going to be our rotational three tech. I don't think that's worth it, not at all. Yeah. But if they mm-hmm. if they're in if they've got doubt in their mind about uh, Ed, then that's the sort of thing that I think might could, could be an interesting angle. Mm-hmm. Good yeah, stuff. Definitely. Right. Anything else you want to add to our sort of draft strategy discussion? I think we've covered a lot of ground here. I think we're, we're, we're well placed now to uh, to talk, uh, yeah, and get into the the, the detail of, of the player groups that in future pods. But anything else you want to add? Yeah, not a big. So I think this has been a good podcast to kind of get our um, you know clear thoughts. You know, we, we've studied quite a bit more film now. We kind of have a better understanding of what you know the strengths and weaknesses of this draft are. Um, and it'll be just fun to dig into these uh, prospects and uh, go a little bit more deeper uh, because I enjoy talking about the strategy stuff. Um, but I also probably enjoy even more, I say, talking about the prospects and just what their strengths and weaknesses are, where they can win, how they can improve this team. And uh, yeah, just digging into it a bit more. So now I'm really looking forward to that and uh, getting started on them. Great stuff. So uh, next week we'll be digging into the offense and uh, we'll, we'll dig into those player groups and uh, yeah, start talking about real players and, and who we want to see and who our draft crushes are and uh, maybe some of the, the players to look out for on draft night. Uh, well, thanks for, for joining us again. Uh, this is Bills from Afar. Um, you can get in touch with us on Bills from Afar on Twitter or Bills from Afar at gmail.com over email. Um, we always love to hear about your questions, your ideas and your thoughts on the show. So please do get in touch if you want to. Uh, and until next time, uh, go Bills. Okay, Bills.